The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com podcast. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said. Done. everybody this is rob benedict and <laughs> i almost forgot my line this is richard spade jr it is and this is season three episode 14 long distance call which is what we're doing with each other right now i want to just go right now and leap into this conversation you realize the title of this episode makes no sense to anybody under 35 that's right i guess it so. makes no sense they're like long distance call you right. mean phone call Right. Like there, there is no. <laughs> right. Yeah. It really ages. There's no the difference. Show. Everybody's area code is attached to their number permanently, and you just dial a number. It doesn't matter That's right. what state it's in. That's well, right. youngsters, let Robbie and me walk you through great moments in history. Back in the uh, 1900s. All the way through the 1990s. Yeah. We talked to ghosts on a regular basis. But we had to dial one first in the area code, then the number. So long distance was an actual thing, everybody. You paid for it. You, you could call locally. Say you lived in Los Angeles, California, and your area code is 213. You could call another 213 number. But if you had to dial a 323 number or an 818 number, and I'm not sure 323 existed back then, but an 818 number, you had to dial the one first, then the area code, then the number. Now, that wouldn't cost much money or anything because it's still considered local. Uh -huh. But the second you wanted to call Vivian in Columbia, Missouri, you had to dial one, her area code, her number, and then that would cost you money because that was now going state to state. Go ahead and give them, give them the number, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> but but hold on, it yeah. gets it gets weirder. Oh boy, good because we've got the time. Uh -huh. This is what pe this is the content people pay for. Okay, because it's free. Right. <laughs> it's not just at one point there was AT and T, and AT and T got busted up by the U.S. government for being a monopoly and broken into multiple long distance companies. And at uh -huh. that point, long distance companies were vying for the business of the American consumer. Mm -hmm. So MCI was one of them. Sprint was one of them mm -hmm. and AT&T uh, I guess yeah was there another one and they yeah, were yeah there were lots right so you had to buy a long you had to pick a long distance, distance server like you pick a health insurance carrier right and that would be your long distance service and you could then carry their card and use it on a payphone yeah well that's when technology phone. advanced and you could make a long distance call anywhere with your right. card you could stop at any well there was something called a payphone payphone and you could stop at the payphone, dial one nine hundred whatever your number was, and then put in your card number, and boom. And hey, look, if you're behind on episodes, catch up. Don't be the person <laughs> tweeting at us about the third episode of season two when we're in season four, which we're about to be because we're nearly at the end of season three. So binge the podcast, yep. binge the show, and join the conversation. Binge the podcast sounds like you know a, ba a band name, like Lonely the Band <laughs> or, <laughs> we or are. Lovely the Band. We are binge. 
the podcast. <laughs> All right, here we go. Long distance call. Bobby tips Sam and Dean off to some weirdness happening in Milan, Ohio. I thought it was going to be Milan, Italy at first. And I was I like, know. let's take off our shirts. It's like Paris, Texas. However, Sam says they're already on a case. Dean's. To save him from going to hell. Yeah, Sam's all up in Dean's chili about going to hell and all that whatnot. Yeah, but it's 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 happening. Dean's dying in two episodes. Yep. They finally agree to look into the new case, and Dean hates Sam's idea of summoning Ruby for help. Oh, please. So they head out to Ohio, where the dead are calling loved ones. Not the Grateful Dead. It's not Jerry Garcia calling his mother. It's, it's actual dead people. The brothers speak to the wife of a man who recently killed himself. The widow explains that in the past, she has heard him talking on the phone with a quote-unquote Linda, but she never heard anyone on the other line. The brothers figure out that Linda was an old lover of the husband's and had died in a car accident with him years ago. They head to the phone company to investigate further and meet Clark, the manager, and Stewie, a technician who masturbates. A technician who enjoys similar websites to Dean, <laughs> masturbatory porn sites. Dean, oh gets a, Dean gets a phone call from John Winchester. That's right, John Winchester. But John Winchester, who masturbates? <laughs> <laughs> the brothers think that a quote-unquote spirit phone invented by quote-unquote Thomas Edison. By the way, Thomas Edison, masturbates. <laughs> Invented by Thomas Edison, which is at a local museum, might be the source of the long, quote-unquote, dead stance calls, but their EMF doesn't pick anything up. <laughs> Lots that's, of quotes. That's so stupid. It's hilarious. John calls again and tells Dean the demon that holds his contract is in Milan, Ohio. And Sam doesn't buy it and goes to interview a woman who's been getting calls from her dead mother. Dean heads out to see if he can find the demon John told him about. Sam figures out that they are dealing with a crocata. That's right, Which folks. is a pair of comfortable shoes you can wear on a boat or in the home. I like to call them Crocs. <laughs> exactly. Crocata or crocata? I think it's I think it's crocata. Crocata, which I like to enjoy my crocata with a glass of Chablis. <laughs> Sam calls Dean to warn him, but the crocata pretends to be Dean and lures Sam into a trap. Here's an interesting piece of trivia. Yeah. I'm actually dunking some crocata in my coffee right now. <laughs> Dean almost kills an innocent man, a person the Krakata, posing as John, told Dean was possessed by the demon that holds his contract. Sam is attacked by Clark, the telephone company <laughs> manager, who has been the Krakata all along. Sam is able to kill the creature. Back at the hotel room, Dean apologizes to Sam. Wait, and... Sam kills the Krakata back at the hotel room? No, Sam kills the Krakata and goes back to the hotel. Why don't you saying that like the end of a sentence? Why are you saying it like it's a continuation? Right. You keep going, Sam kills the Krakata. Right, there was a, there's a period in there. there. There's a period. Sam is able to kill the creature. Back Thank at the you. hotel room, Dean apologizes to Sam and admits he is scared. Sam tries to reassure Dean that he is there for him. There's lots going on here. Yeah, man. Uh, sure. Let's get into. Let's unpack. R R R. Rob and Rich review. Um. Okay. So long distance call. I thought it was super clever. I I dug it. Yeah. I really dug it. I mean, again, I, I know the whole call conceit is dated, but I thought it was it was heartbreaking. I mean, especially the little girl that calls the dad. That oh, was just heartbreaking. heartbreaking. And man, it just, I, it really hit me in the feels. I thought that was really well acted by that guest star. And I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to say this episode, which is very clever and well-written, was propelled by the acting. 
Yeah. Everybody nailed that guest star, that young lady who Same I looked thing. up. She's worked a lot. She was amazing. I, oh, man. <laughs> that girl, that young lady was so good. Knocked it out. So of the good part. in that role. Yeah. And then she, so, and then the dad of the little girl who calls him was so good. Yeah. And guess who else? Once again, Sam and Dean, both of them bringing it, the the comedy and the the drama. Yeah. Tears. Yeah. They, I mean, everybody was so good. You know, even, you know, even the small parts. That The, the, the woman doing the, um, the tour of the Edison Museum was really funny. She was very funny, she, yeah. She was like super funny. She was like, and we're walking, and we're walking. Yeah, uh, I thought that was funny. hilarious. And Jewel, the, the actor who played a Stewie I've worked with before, and he he works a lot. Now he does- That guy works all the time, and he's yeah. so funny. So funny. And I can't remember what I've seen him in, but I've seen him in stuff. Well, he and I did a movie called uh, The First 20 Million. It was a movie with lots of uh, interesting people in it that did really poorly at the box office. But- we uh we became friends and now he produces things too. Anyway, but he's he, he's in stuff all the time. I mean, yeah. He, most recently, I've seen him in. Uh, he was in the movie. Um, I mean, he's in the this, the series. Uh, Big Bang Theory. Never have I ever. Oh, no, no, no. And he was in Big Bang. I think he was in Big Bang. But yeah, he but, was in he was in Never Have I Ever. That's a but series. Has he ever? Uh, but you have to watch the show to find out. I'm not going to spoil it. Also, that. so who else was in the first twenty million? Because you've worked with some of the brightest stars in Hollywood. Oh, man. Who wasn't? Because you've worked with Ryan Reynolds. You've worked with Justin Long. You've worked yeah. with uh, Justin Timberlake. You've worked with Stewie Long. So great acting, clever yeah. story. It, yeah. pr- it propelled an actual voice yes. by Jeffrey Dean. Yes. Uh, JDM uh, coming back. So that was exciting yeah. to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I still don't know what's going to happen. I, 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 I hate. I had no idea that uh, JDM came back into the voice. I assumed the whole series is over in a couple episodes because Dean's going to die. And the whole episode's about to be over. I mean, whole the season. whole season's whole about show. to be over. The whole show is about to be over. So what do you give it? G- give me a beard. I give this one a healthy season 11 Brad Creaser. It's a nice full beard. It's a Vancouver winter beard. Right, right, You can right. wear. Uh, it looks, still looks classy on set, but a little edgy, like... Yeah, I still got some stank on me, um, but uh, but I'm but I'm a married man, and I'm not interested. No, thank you, ladies. So it's trimmed nicely, as if to say, "Come hither." But then his sort of icy cold, laser-like professionalism says, "Go thither." So I'm going to go with season eleven, Brad Creaser. Uh-huh. Um, I'm going to give it the uh, Richard Spate December of 2022, where the mustache was. Much heavier more, than the beard, heavy, heavier than the yeah. beard. It could have used a little trim around the just around the, the upper yeah. lip, yeah. Uh, but it was quite impressive. That. People stopped and went, Wow, now that man is in the wrong century. Yeah, now that man doesn't, doesn't care, <laughs> no longer tries. Um, that man's wife never looks at him anymore. <laughs> uh, okay, good. So, yeah. those are so just for people you know who like to follow us at home. That's not a Loggins and a Stapleton. It's not perfection. Right. But it's solid. Mm-hmm. It's good. Mm-hmm. It's worth watching. Mm-hmm. And definitely enjoyable based on all elements we've already discussed. Yeah. Both of the, those beers are friends friends of ours. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. It was, uh, yeah, it's really something, it, it, this show. It really is something. I got to tell you. Not even kidding. Like it's, it's continues to impress me. Because I thought at the beginning of the episode, I was like, ah, this is going to be one of those, one of those flyover episodes. But no, it had some, uh, some meat to it. Yeah, it did. It we did. Got, and uh, again, incredibly strong guest actor. And yeah, actress performances. And I got to tell you, we got two episodes left in this season, so buckle up. Yeah, man, buckle up.
we are blessed to have with us right now talking about Long Distance Call, Season 3, Episode 14, a camera operator and occasional director of photography for Supernatural for all of its years, Mr. Brad Creaser. Brad Creaser. Happy to be back, gentlemen. So great to see you both. Good to see great you, to my see friend. You. Good to see you, my friend. Glad you're inside from doing your DPing on the fire. Fire country. <laughs> fire country show. Brad's been DPing a new show, new hit series, but he's been outside fighting fires. Part of fire country, well, so. And you two have recently gotten to see each other. Uh, yeah. Yeah, about a week and a half ago. which was... Took a long time. Usually I land and go right to some place to meet Brad for a pint, and it took literally the run of the show, plus me going home, plus me coming back for an extra day to actually meet up with a man. He's a busy, he's a busy one. Well, and then, then it was the COVID. I got the COVID in the middle of it oh, all yeah. too. So, oh, yeah. and you did too, Rob, how are you feeling? You're all, I did. You were yeah. I'm not all the way better. I mean, I'm, I mean, I, I'm better. I'm out in the world. I, you know, I'm not positive anymore, but I still feel pretty run down. I, it, I was lucky. Did, Mine was it, pretty mild, but um, okay. I, it, it hit me right in the middle of shooting my second episode. So it was really bad timing, uh, but uh, really, uh, yeah. But uh, anyway, it, it all worked out. And yeah. my first episode that I did airs this Friday on CBS, Friday night. Fire okay, Country. CBS. There you go. Check it out, everybody. Fire Country, everybody. <laughs> Check it out. That's awesome. Uh, um, um, well, so let's take you back in time about 13 years. Um, we're talking about this episode, uh, Long Distance Call, which Rich and I really enjoyed. We really enjoyed it. Really it's a great episode, fun. and it's it's, yeah. it's Bobo. It's it's Mr. Singer yeah. at the helm again. Directed by Singer, written by Jeremy Carver, you know, who went on to eventually become the showrunner. So this is a really sol solid episode. What is your favorite Supernatural episode to watch? And number two, what was your favorite Supernatural episode to shoot? Well, gee, that narrows it down to 300 episodes. <laughs> well, let's see. I, I have about 314 choices. Um, oh, man. Uh, <laughs> wow. Or just just think, what's what's one that comes to mind? Well, I mean, about... I have my favorites, which I think are, are fan favorites as well, which is like, um, well, Monster, Monster Movie, which is one of Bob's. A Monster Movie, yeah. It was a yeah. fun one. Um, Good one. Uh, it's changing channels. Oh yeah, starring that's, Richard. That's Spade. a great one. I mean, that's, oh, I mean, ooh, for a lot oops, of people, that's that just. Well, I didn't mean that you know one. I mean? Um, right, right. Sadly, I, I, uh, you better name one that I was. I can't in. remember all the titles. That's the embarrassing. <laughs> uh, a monster at the end of the book. Uh, no helping, Rob. <laughs> but yeah, no changing because the the whole trickster stuff. Like when they do the. Um, like the, yeah, the no, Japanese you said that. game you said show, channels. like all that. That's a yeah, classic. No, that's a already covered I mean, you can't. I mean, you just Don't call can't. me Shirley. Don't call me Shirley. We're not going to, Rob. We're talking about my episodes. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> so many great ones. Um, um, uh, so many okay, classics. then moving on past Spade. The real Ghostbusters, you know, the one, the convention, the, where we did the that convention. That was fun. The, Were you in that? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, was. Yeah. No, that was that was a good one too. It's Stanley Park. Uh uh Baby was a really oh, that's a great one. Yeah, baby, uh, Matt Cohen. Yeah, Mr. Uh, Mr. Tom Tom Wright. Tom Wright. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah, that was quite a feat. And it was a really interesting process, very different from anything we had done, just in terms of lots of uh small video cameras and mounts and you know, everything from inside the car. So that that was that was pretty yeah. cool. But oh gosh, right. guys, there's so many yeah. great moments in so many episodes right. and finally at number one don't call me shirley we're not uh, going to rob we're talking about my episodes anyway so um <laughs> all right so we're talking about uh long distance call there's so many great performances in this episode all the guest stars really nailed it are there moments on set where you you're watching an actor for the first time a guest star for the first time and you go wow they really nailed it with this one is that like on set do you, do you, do you as a camera operator are you like 
aware of that? Oh, absolutely. Like it, it'll yeah. stand out. Um, looking at this episode again, and I, I looked at it twice because it's it was a little foggy. It's been a while. Sure. Um, yeah. But I really enjoyed the young actress that played the daughter who was here. You know, getting calls yeah. from her mom. I thought she was good. But Sherilyn Wilson. Yeah. 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 When we get uh, a guest star on set and they deliver a performance, and it really stands out because you know. Granted, there's been a few stinkers. So yeah, but when but you sure. think about the law of averages on your show, Rob and I comment comment on it all the time. Kudos to Heike for the casting in Canada and the Ulrich Dawson Kritzer for the casting in Los Angeles because the guest star casting is next to stellar. Yeah, like it's fantastic. Yeah, so much so that when you talk about the stinker. It only stands out because we have so many great guest stars on the show. It's true. And I'm really trying to think right now what what guest star have been like, Ugh. and maybe there are a couple that weren't the, you know, didn't like knock, weren't home run hitters, but I, I don't remember one that, that like really shat the bed. It's been, so far at least, no, I mean, no it's been really impressive. No, I, I agree. I mean, for me, it's it's a, a part of the process. So it's like how you um, interact with, uh, somebody on set like they may their performance still may be good but they're a little more difficult to work with well let's talk about that because we've talked a lot yeah. about over the years in our interviews with you about how you are in many ways another character on the show as the a camera operator you're on the set you're up close and personal with everybody and a lot of times for a nervous guest star actor you might you're the third person they i mean they meet the makeup and hair people but when they come to set they might meet jared and jensen the director but then it's you and you and you are the one sort of like probably you're the you're the link between the acting and what's being captured on film, right? Yeah. Because you're you're doing both. You're up there. You if it's a handheld shot, it's you running around with them. If it's a close up, it's you right up close to them. All those things are true, and you're the one nudging performances right and left in terms of like I need you to go a little bit that way when you get to that beat. So you're bringing the mathematics into the execution of these performances. Do you, you've obviously developed a really good. Uh, on set process for getting to know a guest star actor because you've been doing it well. I'm curious, is there a method to this or is that just who you are? Like, did you have to like find like, ooh, first couple episodes, I didn't really introduce myself and I felt they were nervous. It really helps when I say, hello, I'm Brad. Like, is there a is there a process you go through to ensure that they are comfortable so that you can do your job and they can do their job? Absolutely. My first thing that I, I always did, and I think it's, it's partly my personality because I am a social person. I am friendly i like to think i am at least but um whenever somebody new would walk on set i would go hi i'm brad welcome to supernatural like i'm the camera operator so i would like to set them at ease right away because you're going to be dealing with them you know more than others sometimes but even just like you said the mechanics can i need you a little to the left here you just you kind of leaned and you blocked them that time and and you you work it through but it's it's a great job it's a great position to be in to be um in the thick of it like watching this episode again last night um we were still shooting film on season three. It was our last season of shooting 35 mil, but I'm looking at some of those fight scenes. So there we were with the bigger cameras handheld, like right in there, you know, getting dirty with them. And um, it's, it's, it's fun. It's really fun to be part of it. And, and doing, I always enjoyed doing the monster POVs. Those are always yeah. my favorite. Like, Cause I would oh, yeah. generally do it with sound effects. And then the sound guys would be like, Brad, we don't need to hear your. Yeah, but it helps you. It helps I your the monster. Oh yeah. Like, Doing the hellhounds, I'd be like, I'd do the grouse, and I would chase the actors, and sometimes they would really get them going. It's like, the fish with their backs are to us, and I'm just yelling, and I'm going to be getting under right up behind you. Oh, man. It's fun. Um, Uh, Here's a question for you. When you're talking about these handheld shots, and for those who 
uh, haven't seen a camera operator do a handheld shot. It literally is. They have two handles on the base, but it's basically the camera on their shoulder, and that's it. There's nothing else supporting the weight. A camera with a mag on it versus a digital camera, what's the weight difference? A lot. <laughs> so the camera with the mag on it, which would be a film camera, yeah. is significantly heavier, yes? Yeah, no, they were they were definitely, um, you know, they got more streamlined as the years went on, but yeah, they were heavy. I mean, and especially after, on Supernatural in particular, you're guaranteed one 14-hour day handheld during the fight scene, every episode. You, you could almost... So the film camera was significantly heavier, heavier than, the than the digital camera? Absolutely, yeah. I, I, I Because of the mag, which is the film. Yes, yeah. I, I can't hazard a guess of what the actual weight was, but it's, you know, I don't know, 15, 20 it's pounds. It's Christmas miracle you're not talking to us like this right now with your one shoulder. I'm a little, I'm a little gimp, but um, the digital camera certainly got easier to maneuver. Right. And, and you know, undersling and, and run around with it low or, or whatever. But, mm-hmm. you know, we had rigs, like some of the, you know, the stuff we had was, was pretty impressive with the film cameras too. In this episode, uh, you have a lot of phone conversations and obviously the other end of the phone calls added later in, in post on set. When, when I was there, it was always Robin props doing, uh, the, the other end of the phone call. Do you remember, recall at this point, like who's doing the other end of that phone call? I don't, I don't know if, if Robin was doing it at that point, uh, or sometimes it's the Plus, first AD. First AD or script supervisor. Ah, right, right. Quite right. more often yeah. than not. But but our show was unique in that, you know, Robin ended up doing a lot of that, uh, the off-camera stuff. But right. um, especially for the, for yeah, the boys. Yeah. But in, in general, it was just, and the script supervisor was like, great, you know, you yeah, do it because then it. they can concentrate on, on their thing. Their job, yeah. yeah. Uh, the other thing in this episode was that stuck out for me was the bad guy, the, the uh, what do you call him, the crocata his his mouth opening all weird do you remember what that was yeah like? i mean again like, our, our fantastic visual effects team at, i think at this point was um was ivan and his crew so we were doing in-house visual effects um on the lot so it was it was more visual effects than prosthetics i guy. believe most of that was visual effects like the mm-hmm. teeth everything like um they they had to warp his jaw like especially in the profiles when he's going into suck the soul out of the uh, the victim and um like right. but again there's there's a case of i believe another local actor guest star who was a great scary villain and his little yeah. assistant in the in the phone room there was you know pretty good uh as well oh yeah Comic relief yeah and, <laughs> funny yeah char- hilarious funny character and uh yeah oh yeah he's great and jewel there's um there's one thing that we did uh that, that sort of stuck for a long time when the boys go to the uh Thomas Edison Museum, and the the tour guide is, and we're walking, and walking yes, and doing she's hilarious. Course. So like, and we're walking. That stuck with us for the rest of the series. We were like, we're oh. walking, and we're walking. Was that improv oh. on her part, or was that scripted? Do you it know, it was scripted. I believe it was scripted. But I I caught one bit as they she goes off camera. She's like, and we're not touching that, and we're walking. And- yes, yes, yeah. That was hilarious. Yeah, you know when she said that, I was like, God, that sounds familiar. I don't know if it was just a bit that I'd seen before, or I'd heard it on set. Probably us, because we, you know, we'll take yeah. something and we'll run with it and beat it into the ground. And we're walking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's begging for. Oh, that's funny. But um, yeah, there was some there was some cool stuff in this episode. One of my favorite shots in this episode was. When the young boy uh, answers his toy telephone. Oh my and, God! So creepy when and, that thing rings. And we did, we did the classic Spielberg dolly zoom in behind him, so the whole background is changing. So we're, yeah, we're on a longer lens, uh, on a zoom lens for 
folks at home. And I'm zooming out as Dave is pushing the dolly towards the kids. So you see the change in the background go from very compressed to wide, but the image of the of the kid stays the same, but it gives you this really unsettling effect. And I thought it was a very effective uh, use of it here. Um, yeah. it's, it's done a lot, sometimes not done well or overdone, but um, I thought it was well executed in this case. And uh, and that's Dave Riappel you're talking that about. That was my the buddy Dave, dolly, grip. dolly Grip extraordinaire of uh, the entire 15 seasons. It's an interesting, yeah. uh, that position's an interesting one, I think, because I, I I always thought of the Dolly Grip as part of the camera crew. Absolutely. But then they are, their department, they fall under the grip department. Right. Which so is interesting, like <laughs> like they're they really are part of the camera crew because Dave Riappel was part of every shot. If you, if your dolly was moving, Dave was moving it. Like it was all part yeah, of- and and the camera moves are are not just me. It's it's all him, and I'm just holding on for dear life. You know, it's like right. he would make me look good because his his timing was good. He would know that if somebody was blocked, he could shift. He could do like having a, a good dolly grip is worth their weight in gold. Absolutely. Well, he was sort of yeah. famous for being able to do uh, motion controlled shots without motion control basically I mean, he was yeah. the motion control yeah like re- repeatable moves um, yeah and which is key for visual effects sometimes you you want the repeatable move which has to be incredibly precise and i remember <laughs> when i was going to do one as a director i'm like so should we get the you know we rent the machine and you guys are like nah dave's got it and dave's <laughs> back there like i got you captain and sure enough he did this very intricate move that was on jake abel that we just did once without jake and then once with jake and it was exactly the same yeah and then by the way the only time i used a motion control shot it wasn't perfect we had to all kinds of like when we had the robots do it it wasn't as good as when dave did it yeah because we did uh we did techno dolly on one of your last episodes just before um the The last day before covid shut down yeah and that shot we had to mess with like crazy in post to try to make it work. Dave's was, better than robots. It was robots. a very, com- very complicated shot. But yeah, no, Dave would do it. And, and um, I remember doing through the years and some people would cringe hearing this, that we were kind of doing it on the fly, but he was that good because that was part of his personality. He was all about being able to know his timing, do a count in his head that this is a three second move or a five second move and muscle memory. And it was amazing, yeah. amazing to watch really. Like, well, again, and, and that's really the secret weapon of this show. I mean, so many of you guys were, we're on it from the beginning. So it was such a, I mean, literally we talk about it being a well-oiled machine. It was literally a well-oiled machine. I right. mean, 15 seasons, you know, same group of, of people, really the, the core group of the crew, uh, keeping it together. I mean, you, Dave. And and Matt, I was going to say Matt Tischner. Matt Tischner. Matt. Focus puller. The three of us, yeah. we were like, it was a, a pretty tight unit that the stuff we pulled off was, was pretty impressive. When did Jose start? Jose was there. Jose was there from the beginning, but he started yeah. as the B camera second assistant. Okay. And then became the A camera second assistant and eventually the A camera focus puller after uh, Maddie left. So uh, right. in season 12. So Jose's been, yeah. was, I think he was one of the lifers. Yeah. Another all star. Yeah. 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 You know, it's, it's funny. <laughs> when I started on Supernatural, I swore that Dave Riappel and Matt Tishner were related. I'm like, <laughs> They looked alike. They as 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 we all got older, they didn't. They looked like, you know, but like at the time, I'm like, are they older brother, younger brother? You know, father son, father, father oops, baby, <laughs> father son. You're like, what is this? Because you know, there's a lot of like families who are in the business, and I thought, and I only knew them as Dolly, Dave, and Matt. I didn't know they're anybody's last name. Right. So I'm like. Well, I know that that man's first name is Dolly, and that man's first name is Matt. Maybe his last name is Dave too. Um, the Dave. Oh, that's, that's funny. A, 
That's like you and me, Rich. Most people think that uh, I'm your son. Truly, they do. Oh, they yes. think Robbie's exactly. my, my son from a um, failed relationship. Um, <laughs> we'll be right back. You can sense it calling out to you. New reality seeks you. Join the journey to save Anomaly. Place where sound is magic. The only way to enter the world is by looking inward. Along the way, you'll learn potions, chants, and enchantments that will help you both in that reality and yours. So, answer the call and let your campaign begin. Featuring the voices of Ruth Connell from Supernatural and Dead Boy Detectives. There are ordeals ahead, yet with guidance, you will face them head on without fear. Todd Stashwick from Star Trek Picard and Twelve Monkeys. When the time arrives, wherever your journey takes you, be there with no attachments. And R&B singer N.C. Gray. There are worlds, realms dimensions, and realities beyond yours. Anomaly is a role-playing meditation podcast that takes you into a world of magic and fantasy. You'll be invited to imagine yourself in scenarios such as learning to cast a tranquility spell or exploring a land vanquished by a dragon, but all connected by a shared mythology. The goal of guided fantasy role-playing meditations are to help you cultivate a sense of wonder, curiosity, balance, and joy in your inner world. Role-playing meditation is a form of escapism and relaxation, as well as a creative outlet for the imagination. The first campaign is an introduction to the world of Anomaly, its lands, magic, and secrets. In the eight chapters, you'll stretch your imagination, learn to center yourself, Offer forgiveness, find confidence, relieve stress, and stop racing thoughts. Your true self will emerge, allowing you to manage your goals and dreams without confusion, distrust, or self-doubt. You can find it on Spotify, Apple, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Or visit SeekAnomaly.com to learn more. Anomaly spelled with an I-E, not a Y. Seek Anomaly. Hear its magic. Thanks for supporting Supernatural then and now. And now, back to the show. So we have to, coming back, just trying to bring it back to this episode, we have to talk about the Jerry classic motel room. There's a motel room with starbursts and flowers. It's, a, it's uh, amazing. Even Brenda, we were watching it last night and she commented on the, on the, the powder blue fridge, like the vintage appliances he would source yeah. and the, like the kitchen table and chairs and his, his hotel rooms were, are, well, they're famous. I mean, he, he did so many interesting things, I think inspired by his trips around the country. Um, they're so great. They're, they're and so there's so good. many on the show and, and they're so, so great. many. It, it yeah. faded in the later seasons. Cause you know, then finally we had, you know, home base with men of letters, men of letters. And, 
but there were very few standing sets in the early seasons. Uh, Bobby's yeah. Bobby's house was probably the only one. Uh, and then there would be a motel room. And of course that would change episode to episode. Right. And they did really, the art department was phenomenal on this show. The stuff that they would, they would pull off. Hey, I had, Bobby, I had one question that just to circle back onto that shot of the kid and the phone. Is there a name for that kind of shot when you're zooming in, when you're zooming out and dollying in Zolly? Doom. I don't think it has a name. Anything? The Spielberg. The it was, Spielberg. It was yeah. first done in Jaws. Yeah, with with Roy Schneider sitting on the beach when mm-hmm. the first attack happens. Seeing and they, the shark. That's the first time that shot was ever done. Yes, as far as I know, that's the history. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And so it's been you know replicated hundreds of thousands of times ever since. And I've I've been on many shows that we've done it. And and as an operator, it's really tricky because. Some camera guys will have the assistant do the zoom, and of course, then you have the dolly. But I always like to do the zoom because I could time, I could, I could finesse it, I could feel the the motion of the dolly, and I would have Dave count me down. It's like I, he would give me a three, two, one just before we stopped, so I would know to try and time my zoom the same way. But yeah, tough on I, the focus puller too, man. Oh yeah, tough no, it's 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 very tricky because um, it's it's critical, and then it gets easier as you go in. The wider you get, the focus gets more generous. But uh, but yeah, I believe it was Jaws was the first time. Wow, it, it had been attempted. Who knew that Spielberg broke ground in cinema? That's interesting. It's crazy, right? <laughs> you never think of him being like a legend, but huh, go figure. <laughs> When Dean, okay, when Dean is sneaking into the house to trap the man that was framed, we see lots of frame frames within frames. Also, the use of foreground elements are those things Serge or Bob come up with the day of, or I mean, is it like are they like let's use this space or objects to create a more dynamic camera frame, or are you involved? I in think that? it's a combination of all three of us. I mean, Bob always had a plan, and his 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 camera movement, especially in this episode, I, I made a note because it was really. You know, he, he'd love to do elegant moves. Like he would do interesting stuff where, you know, you're coming around behind the actor and that. But I definitely think we did frame in that house. And I think that was, you know, an aesthetic Bob wanted, you know, Sarah's is mm-hmm. on board and I'm trying to find it that, yeah, we were, you know, corners and walls and staircases. And uh, it did have sort of that uh, frame within the frame, which is one of my favorite, you know, approaches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of cool. And a man who had been framed. Yeah, exactly. See what they're doing there, the Rich? I never put it together. You're like the Spielberg of this podcast, Rob. I am. I am. A lot of people are saying that. <laughs> a lot of people. A lot of people are saying. Not everyone's saying. And going back to like the acting, like uh, Jared and Jensen, like it was it was fun to watch them. I mean, they're so much younger now. <laughs> yeah. But the performances were solid. It, you could see. Solid. It's, it's amazing that that early on, it kind of really seemed, you know, the characters were were well at hand with with both of them and the actors had a clearly had a bond you know mm-hmm. and i think in and that shows as well i mean those guys i mean the fact that they were they lived together for part for, for a lot of these early seasons you know they they were sharing a place at one point yeah yeah when i was i was there like Amazing. season four or five. i think yeah, i was four or five that jared had the house down on marine drive and <laughs> yeah yeah they were uh, roomies. I, I love it. Yeah. I mean, some some shows, actors don't even speak. It's a recipe for disaster in most yeah. shows, just, yeah. just so we're clear. Um, it's a miracle that didn't end it right there. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Hey, do you have a preference, man? Like, having done all the shooting you've done, do you have a preference stage versus location? Not, I'm not saying out in the rain and the forest, but I mean, like, if you can be in a creepy house or in a built creepy house, which do you prefer? Probably a built one. 
because you have more space and more more, and you have more control it's all about controlling you can move walls yeah yeah, you can you can design shots based on the set uh, ahead of time that's like yeah we're gonna need to pull this wall for this thing and lighting of course gives you more more control of where you can hide stuff and i mean in the early seasons they the abandoned houses and stuff that jerry built were phenomenal the textures they built into the to these sets with the walls like crumbling lath and plaster or wallpapers and and they would leave gaps so Serge could light you know have down lights on these walls even though it's supposed to be you know it's movie dark but you would have so much texture it's something that really struck me when i when i joined the show is is how the art department and and Serge Jerry and Serge got together and and would create such interesting textures in these environments that they would build. And even on location, like Serge would use uh, dingleage, which is, you know, a leafy branch in front of a light to cast a shadow somewhere, just creating more life than rather just a, a you know, a, a flatly lit building or or house. What do you call that? Dinglage? Dingleage. Yes. Peter Dingleage. Why? No. No. <laughs> uh, I don't know. We need a little dingle in front of that lamp. So you'd get a little branch and you put it in, so you, uh. you know, you break up, make some shadows. Is that is that an industry standard it, word, is, or is that just a supernatural? Word? If you you were to wow, you know, go on set and yeah, say to the DP and say, I think you need some dinglage on that light. <laughs> you would be like, who are you? Who are you to tell me? <laughs> well, well, that's the thing. Is like I've heard you guys use that term, and it definitely sounds like a, a cancelable request. Uh, but uh, you know, I I, I know it's I, got I don't some know sort what of history. Another term, I guess you know, I'm, it's got a cinema history. I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, it's probably what you said. It's a little dingle. And then you say dinglage. Yeah. 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 It's just grown. I mean, for me, it's second language, but obviously people are like, what? What did he just say? Yeah. What are they talking about? <laughs> Speaking of cancelable, uh, Stewie's computer screen has porn sites up on it. And obviously I know that that's at usually, I'm assuming that's usually when I had to do, when I had a computer screen, it was a designed, you'd, you'd hit a button and it was a, it was a design right. uh, that was already sort of up on the screen, right? Who did that? Is that prop? No, that's we had a playback, playback. department. Um, playback, a, a, a okay. local Can company. We talk about I that mean, there it, it comes through the art department. They'll create the graphics or or generate the images, and then these guys will put it in to the computer so that it can be on a loop on a laptop or right. projected on the screen. Same guys that do uh, cell phone displays now, you know, for like caller IDs and yep. um, there's whole meetings about playback now and prep on on any show about what's going to be seen TVs. Uh, in in bar screens, uh, any screen, and it's all preconceived, put together, and then you know sent out. And it has to be material that's copywritten, either created on on your own, or you have a yeah. It's got to everything's got to be cleared. Be cleared because it's got to be cleared. They, yeah, they went through a Cleared lot with um, especially <laughs> the Asian beauties because that came up a lot with with Dean's character. Uh, oh, and really? You have that on the laptop all the time. You'd get caught with it. Oh, so that that is a recurring. So it's a recurring common thread ah. through the whole series we just learned that if you click on that it goes to warner brothers website does it really yeah if you go to bustyasianbeauties.com that's, it actually sends you to warner that's brothers. hilarious were you considered an expert and advisor when it came to creating porn sites <laughs> thanks steve uh, no <laughs> just i just read them i don't write oh, them that's funny um but yeah, it, it so it plays later through the whole series with with Jensen was always like even had magazines in his room in the bunker that were right. busty Asian beauty, beauties wow. and even how he wow. claims his one of his lines in in the episode in uh, in, in this episode he's like um, 
I recommend the the platinum membership. Worth yeah, the every platinum. Penny. Yeah, it's like, worth every penny. It, it's That's so funny. It's funny. Oh, like there's funny. there's this underlying thread of of humor and these little sidebar things that were you know kind of cool and they kept it running through the whole. Through the whole yeah, well, and and character stuff too. Yeah. Like uh, that that Dean is always eating. I mean, that's yeah. Like the first scene, he's stuffing of... a hot dog in his face. We're we're yeah, at UBC. He's always and... eating. Yeah, yeah. Um, dude, it, it is so great to have you here. You're such a fascinating member of the team. You were so boots on the ground for so much of this awesome stuff. And a great guy, one of our closest friends. So it's always fun to, to jaw with you about these uh, these episodes, man. Well, it's my pleasure. I love talking to you guys. It's always, uh, always a good laugh. My face hurts from smiling. <laughs> good. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> hey, camera operator Brad Creaser, everybody. Thanks, Thank Brad. Thank you very much. Thank you, buddy. Hey, this is Jeffrey Dean Morgan. We are going to take a quick break. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? What would you do? Would you go for a run, take a nap, read a book, watch Supernatural? Maybe all the above. Or maybe it's that thought that brings in a sense of panic. I mean, the question is, what time for what? If time is unlimited, how do we use it? Sometimes the hardest time for people who work every day is the weekends. When people are faced with a choice, if I've got this free time, what do I do with it? If this rings true for you, maybe therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy for many years now, and I talk openly about it. I still go to therapy um, about once a week, and it's just such a nice time for me to have that free space to to try to figure out who I am really and what I really want and what makes me happy. It's super important and often neglected taking this time. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient and flexible and suited to your schedule. So all you do is you fill out this brief questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and then, oh, Get this, you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge because they want you to be happy. That's what this is about. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com S-P-N-T-A-N today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com S-P-N-T-A-N. Hey guys, it's Rob. So check this out. I'm very pleased to announce that we have a new super sponsor that's right marvel strike force so marvel the one and only marvel has a mobile game and it's a comic book fan's dream marvel strike force is it's a mobile squad rpg that allows you to battle with your favorite team of superheroes and supervillains in a fight to save the universe against threats like dr doom and apocalypse so okay so your goal is to power up your favorite characters and you complete missions, and then you unlock fun stuff like gear and other resources, and then you beat other players in a PvP, player versus player mode, such as Alliance War or Real Time Arena. So as we, as I record this, they're enjoying their six-year anniversary. So you know what that means? Free stuff. Free stuff just for signing up via the unique link in the description. So the anniversary consists of weekly events and bonuses. And if you complete each event, you can receive special rewards and skins. So make sure you log in every day, each week, 
You take advantage of all the new characters that are being released specifically for this event. This will be Marvel Strike Force's most generous event to date, so don't miss out. We've received a unique promo code for every new user, so please follow our link in the description and use the promo code MAXPOOL. That's M-A-X-P-O-O-L. All right. Thanks once again to Marvel Strike Force for sponsoring this episode. Hey, it's Jeffrey D. Morgan again. Welcome back to the podcast. Um, you know, something we didn't talk about, Richard, and that was so great having Brad on. I How great is that? On. Always. Um, what was the SHA-33? Shaw-33, sig- I don't know. Was significant to that? Something? Well, it's the thing that came up every time the ghost called and or the critter. I don't know. I don't know what that yeah. means in, in telephone lingo. Well, but You're of no use to me then. Damn it. Just now you figured that out? <laughs> uh, anyway, great, great, as always, great interview with Brad. You know what I love about Brad, too, is busy man, hard at work. Has time to watch this episode twice. Yeah, twice. In preparation. Cares that, that much. Interview. Cares that much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cared then, cares now. It's awesome. Brad yeah. Kreiser. And now it's time for Mythology. Mythology. Okay. Crocata. Yeah, I'll take one of those. Are you ordering? <laughs> okay. Make it two. And a latte, please. The lore of the Krakata primarily comes from Ethiopia and India. Traditionally, it is not depicted in a human form, but more like a large dog blended with a wolf, usually the size of a small horse. I think you call those a dolf. Uh-huh. Or, or a wog. <laughs> it would mimic the cries of humans in order to lure them into the forest to eat their bodies, not their souls. For example, if it was mimicking the cry of Rob Benedict, it would say, Ruth! Where's my nice hat? <laughs> I can't find my nice hat. Ruth, did you move it? And then poor Ruth would go, Oh, I'm coming, Ooh, Rob. Eh, it's you talking crazy talk because of the free poor. <laughs> in, the, in this show, uh, it, ate, uh, it ate their souls. Supposedly the creature had an unhinged jaw. I always call you, I often call you the unhinged jaw of the relationship. <laughs> Thank and you. rather than individual teeth, it had a single bony ridge protruding from its gums. You know, I I had a cabin up on Bony Ridge. <laughs> Look down onto them teeth. God's country out there. God's country. Uh, this man's jaw was quite disgusting. Yeah. I wonder how they did all that. If that was... Uh... <laughs> Aren't you going to feel terrible if that's just his face? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was a pretty disgusting mouth, the way that that uh, played itself out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are Good episode, re- though. Crazy crap. You ready to have some fun? Fun facts, fun facts, fun, fun, fun! The episode shares a title with a number of items that were big influences on Mr. Eric Kripke, the show's creator. A Muddy Waters song. Kripke is a big fan of the blues music. Huh. A Twilight Zone episode, which happens to share an episode number with this episode, Old number 58. Wait, now what, what was it in a Twilight Zone episode that was like this? It was also it had the same title. Long distance call. Oh, got it. Oh, the title. Yeah. And and there's also a Muddy Water song called Long Distance Call. Yeah. Wow, this is fun fact. Long for me. distance call. Oh, right. Can't get you on the horn. Uh, a short story by Richard Matheson. Richard Matheson wrote the short story that Eric Kripke's college short film Truly Committed was adapted from. Huh. Or as they would say in England, Richard Matheson wrote the short story from which Eric Kripke adapted his short film, Truly Committed. 
The film won the Best Short Award at the Slamdance Film Festival in 1998. Wow. Richard Matheson was also a writer for The Twilight Zone. Head exploding. That's an interesting tidbit. That's amazing. Yep, that's some good. That's some good fun facts right there, man. Those are good for their actual. They're actual fun, and they're and they're factual. So there you go. I got another one. Sam and Dean used the aliases Ramy and Campbell, and this is a reference, of course, to Sam Ramy and Bruce Campbell, two big influences on Eric Kripke. At one point, he wanted Bruce Campbell to play John Winchester. At another point, he wanted to play <laughs> Bruce Campbell. <laughs> Uh, and a judge. I'm glad. I love Bruce Campbell. I'm glad Jeffrey Dean Morgan played the role. Yeah, for sure. It would have been a way different. And and people don't may not know this, but Bruce Campbell is an actor who. Uh, was oh my a, God! They know this. Right. Everybody knows Bruce Campbell, right? Right. But he was kind of the muse for Sam Raimi in the early Sam Raimi movies. He, uh, so good in Army of Darkness. I mean, oh, he's, he's so he's, clever. He's uh, so good. Bruce Campbell, man. Which one is the one that has Bruce Campbell doing the fl- fight with his hand that is possessed? It's his own hand. Evil Dead 2. Check it out. And you know what? Here's one that Rich is going to love. If you go to www.bustyasianbeauties.com, it takes you to the Warner Brothers website. Now, see, I didn't know that. This is good information to have. However, Rob already knew that. Discovered it years ago. That's weird. That I mean, kind of crazy. Warner Brothers bought that. Mm, uh, You know what I'm not buying? This. What? What, That I don't know? Little innocent act. I thought it was uh, funny when Dean was like, get the uh, get the VIP, whatever. It's worth every penny. Yeah. That, that line. was funny. Funny stuff. The Latin prayer that Dean tries to use on Clark is a real exorcism prayer from the Catholic Church. The prayer of St. Benedict of Nursia. Benedict, who was the patron saint of bad toupees. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I had no idea. What also the, the patron saint of the Merkin. None of these are true, (laughs) except that that prayer was actual exorcism. Wow. Crazy. Yeah, man. Insane. And is there an, are there other St. Benedict's from other places? You know, like, is there a St. Benedict of Los Angeles? Well, Columbia, Missouri. You guys are from Columbia. Yeah. In fact, I believe your mom resides at the following address. And her name is Saint. (laughs) Indeed. So, uh, so what a fun one. What a great one. Really good episode. Very clever. And a nice dust off to the old classic use of the telephone. Everybody's learned something here today. Everybody. That's right. And uh, most of all, me. Sure. (laughs) I think it's probably not you. I think it's probably people who didn't know that there was ever long distance. But sure. And you. Well, I mean, everything, though. Everything. The St. Benedict part and that this was the name of a Muddy Water song. And uh, that that issue you have with your crocata is uh, healable. Exactly. <laughs> little salve on that uh, twice a day for two weeks, and you'll be right as rain. That's right. Man, I can't wait. This, this season's nearly over, and I'm super excited about the next two episodes. So, well, uh, let's get at it. We'll see you next we gotta week. we got to end this one before we can start the next one. Exactly. So, cue that. This episode of Supernatural features Jared Padalecki as Sam Winchester and Jensen Ackles as Dean Winchester. Guest stars include Tom O'Brien, Anjul Nigam, Sherilyn Wilson, Ingrid Torrance, and John Shaw. Long Distance Call was written by Jeremy Carver and directed by Robert Singer. Editing by Nicole Bayer. Music by Jay Greska. Nicole Bayer, by the way, edited the first episode of Supernatural I ever directed. That's right. Just my imagination. So there you go. Executive produced by Eric Kripke and Robert Singer. This episode originally aired on May 1st, 2008. May Day. This episode of Supernatural Then and Now was hosted and executive produced by Richard Spate Jr. and Rob Benedict. Produced by Stephen Hine. Written by Stephen Hine and Hayda Holscher. 
and edited and associate produced by Trey Booty. What's up, Booty? Music provided by Tim Wynn. This episode was recorded with the help of Sonic Fuel Studios. This podcast is from Story Mill Media. Follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter, pretty please, at SPN Then and Now. And become a member of the podcast at patreon.com slash SPN Then and Now. Sam calls Dean to warn him, but the Krakata, <laughs> who now spelled Korkata, pretend. <laughs> Changes spelling in the middle of the sentence. In the middle of the episode, <laughs> the Krakata becomes the Korkata. You just sound like you just called me room. Back at the hotel. Back at the hotel. hotel. Room. Room. Uh, so. I got to tell you something right now. People need to know this because we, I think honesty is important. Rob woke up about 30 seconds ago. It is, yeah. and, it, and just so you know, we're doing this podcast. As Steve and I were on this podcast, we were sitting here for a good 20 minutes to the point where our jokes to Rob in text form became actual uh, questions of concern. Yeah. Like, are you yeah. are you good? Yeah. I hit up Ruth. Yeah. I reached I, out to Ruth, who, by the way, uh, has seen Rob's Krakata. Um, <laughs> we actually have a Krakata court in the front yard. It's a fun game. And um, I, I literally, I texted Ruth, hey, is Rob okay? And then yeah. got back a couple of explanation points. I made her all worried. Yeah, she should be. Uh, so the point is, Rob is just, he's just getting his sea legs. I and felt- then he spilled his coffee, which he's wiping down right now. Yeah, he literally I- knocked his coffee over yeah. uh, across his desk. And I blame Krakata. you guys. I blame Rich. Uh, yeah, I fell back asleep. I fell back asleep. But I'm awake now in time to read the summary of this episode. Uh, there's lots going on here. Hey, mom. Steve's giving us a hurry up yeah. signal. Steve, this is gold, man. You can't write this. Well, you wouldn't dare write this. If nothing else, put this part on for the Patreon li- listeners. And speaking of Patreon, yeah, join us, won't you? Yeah, if you're not a member, consider being a member because you can uh, really be part of the conversation and get lots of extra stuff like this. This great like- conversation about <laughs> Rob. I like your passionate pitch. If you're not a member, be a member. <laughs> <laughs> Consider. Uh, the lore of the Krokata primarily comes from the Ethiopia. I don't know why I put the D in. It shouldn't have been. Yeah, that's not English. That's not grammatically correct. But I wonder how much of that was uh, was actual makeup and prosthetic, or was it just all digital? Well, Brad answered those questions in the interview. Weren't you listening? Right, 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 right. That's right. Because we filmed Clock- this after the interview. <laughs> Clock in, Benedict. Um... The Latin prayer Dean uses to try to use on, whoop, say it again. I was just going to ask you if uh, you've uh, had another fun fact for me. Story Mill Media. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.